welcome back to Jurassic Park. This is Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. Uh, and I mean, do you want to tell a story? We've or had I? a week. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a week. Uh, fuck Skype. Fuck anyone that has anything to do with Skype. I'm sorry yeah. if you work for Skype. Um, they probably agree with you. Yeah. Um, so if you've been on our podcast before, you know that like we use basically, it's not a dead software, it's just a software that nobody's thought about since middle school called Skype. And I think it's very fitting that it is a zillennial program and we use it to record um, a podcast about zillennial content. Uh, it's very nostalgic to log into an account you haven't thought about since middle school. It just really, like, sets the vibe for our podcast. Yes. Um, so, exactly a week ago, we recorded probably, like, an hour and a half about Jurassic Park in anticipation for the new film, which we will get into. Yes. Um, because before we recorded, before we saw it, and now we have seen the new one. Now we have a little bit of a fresh perspective, so that's, like, what... That's, like, the only good thing that has happened. I mean, good in the sense that, like, you know, the movie wasn't good. But anyway, so, like... Mm -hmm. Um, I've been... Okay, similarly to Ticketmaster, uh, who has owed me and my friends probably, like, a sum of, like, $300 since April that I can't get back... (laughs) I'm just going to blast every single company right now. So similarly to Ticketmaster, they have the same customer service and like tech support situation where if you have a question or like an issue, they just give you like a form to like click through and then they're like, can't see your question here, like click here and it just sends you back to the beginning. Right. Um, And it's just an endless cycle of like not helping you. Uh, well, wait, did we even clarify what happened exactly? Because Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, so what happened uh, was, so we, I, what, was it last Monday, I want to say? Yes, For clarification, we are recording this now on Monday, June 13th. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe we were recording it the previous Monday. Uh, yes. And I know this because I sent Microsoft. We recorded this on June was it six seven six, i don't I know six yeah. yeah from 10 50 p.m to like or like 10 30 p.m to like 11 56 and like literally yeah yeah um so i remember it being a very good podcast and then oh it was you know, great great podcast great conversation about uh theme parks and the movie itself and uh, we had not seen the newest Jurassic World yet, but we incorporated the talks of the other two movies into it, uh, and I thought it was very, very well done. Um, one of our better ones, dare I say. Um, and then, and I, I think everything's fine, because everything usually is. Um, my girlfriend had bought me a Happy Meal, uh, so I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm closing my laptop, I'm going to go eat my Happy Meal. Um because I'm an old man at this point and I cannot like digest anything larger than a happy meal like past 11 p.m. Um, so I went out there I ate a happy meal and then like mid McNugget bite Kira texted me um, can you check Skype for me because <laughs> it's only showing like the last 18 minutes of the call 
on my end and like i gasped like with a chicken nugget in my mouth <laughs> and i went oh fuck so i like downloaded the skype app on my phone because i didn't feel like going all the way to uh, her room just to get the laptop uh, it wasn't on my phone i when i get back to her room i check her laptop it, nothing's on there i mean it's just the 18 minute thing um so on my end it was completely useless um and like kira said she went through what layers upon layers and levels of customer service oh um, we're still emailing each other me and chad from privacy support um <laughs> is chad sending me back to chat support chat support is sending me over to chad and privacy uh their twitter dm is like hey uh send us your case number and we'll check in on this and then they're like we actually can't check in on this because it's a privacy <laughs> support <laughs> issue uh yeah so we only had the last 18 minutes of last week's podcast like i said skype has the same exact business model as or customer service model as Ticketmaster, where it's like if you have an issue like go fuck yourself or dm us on twitter and we just won't answer for like three days (laughs) or like ever (laughs) yeah um i think it's it's fine we can just abandon that now because we're recording a new podcast today yes um, yes. We're recording a new uh, take on Jurassic uh, Park. I was about to say World, uh, Jurassic Park, and I and I told Kira before we recorded. I think it might be fitting to uh, to do it again because now that we have the fresh perspective of uh, the Dominion uh, movie that just came out this past weekend, um, and and clearly clearly we're missing something, Kira, because I think it made what 150 million. Uh, mm-hmm. This past weekend, so I, I mean, hey, and we both were contributing to that. We both, uh, we both went to go see it. So clearly, um, the franchise isn't dead yet. But uh, boy, howdy, what a piece of shit that movie was! <laughs> and um, I fucking hated it. Um, and and it's funny because on the last podcast, and I stand by this, I don't hate the first two Jurassic World movies. I think they're like, oh my god, they range from like mediocre to like watchable to me like i don't mm-hmm. think they're particularly very good movies but i think they're both like they have moments that i enjoy i was miserable the entire time with Dominion. <laughs> i'm just getting my review out of the way first uh so we can talk about a good movie <laughs> but like oh my fucking god like every choice it made i fucking hated like there was a point um and i'm just gonna spoil i don't care it's not even like a huge spoiler but i'm just gonna say it um there's a part where like uh the dino girl is like talking to laura dern and laura dern verbatim says like hey i knew your mom she visited me on jurassic park yeah and i never like heckle movies i never like speak loudly in theaters i i swear this was like a natural reaction to me and there's like no one else in my row except in front of the pod zach perry and my girlfriend victoria but I said out loud, I went, I fucking hate this movie. I, like, I just out loud, like, it just came out. And I, like, kind of covered my mouth a little bit, but it just, like, came out. <laughs> and Victoria, like, laughed and, like, looked at me. And she just mouthed, like, yeah. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> um, it was so bad. There were some, like, okay parts at the end, like, when yeah. the trio is finally together. But Yeah, they, yeah. The ending uh, isn't terrible. I mean, the ending is terrible, but, like, you know, like, the third act isn't terrible. Oh, it's just... I would say, like, it's, what, a two-hour and 20-minute movie, I want to say? It could have been an hour and a half. Oh, I... That's what I was telling um, them when we were leaving. I was, like... 
I think there is a fun 90 minute movie in there somewhere. Like mm-hmm. there's like some fun set pieces. Like there's a good like amber mine scene. Uh, yeah. There's like a, uh, I like the part where, um, this isn't even like spoilers. Like the whole movie's just set piece after set piece after set piece. Uh, but like the scene where like the gate won't unlock and Goldblum has to like try every like common great engine. Scene. Can... Great, great scene. Great scene. Um, but like it's so full of like other shit that you have one fun scene and in exchange you have like five awful scenes <laughs> like to fill them up. And then you get a good scene and then it's followed by like eight other bad ones. Yeah. Um, so I genuinely think that movie like I think there's a good ninety to hundred minute movie in there mm-hmm. maybe somewhere, but like it sure as fuck wasn't what I saw last week. Oh my god. Like I hated it. <laughs> My letterbox review of it is there, I mean, it's, this isn't the exact wording. It's like, this was five different movies, and if they cut out three of those movies, and it was just, like, two of the plot lines, I think it would have been okay to good to fun. Um, yes, yes. I said to Sean as we were leaving, because uh, we were just, like, giving constructive criticism the entire way home, um... I think that if there were no Jurassic World movies and this was the only legacy sequel and Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard never existed, I think Mm -hmm. this would have been a good movie. Yeah, that's what I was kind of um, feeling. Um, And I don't want to make the whole podcast about Dominion because I I think their original is still obviously worth talking about in Mm -hmm. full measure. But... And I guess that is, like, a good segue to it, is, like, talking about the legacy cast. Because, like, the legacy cast in this movie, you can tell some, like, Laura Dern is always great, but at the same time, you can tell she isn't necessarily fully into this. Oh, she's, Um, like, phoning it in completely. um, Which, like, you deserve this, Laura Dern. Like, go ahead, do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care. Um, Sam Neill, I, I just love Alan Grant is my favorite Jurassic Park yeah. character. Like, I just... Anytime he's on screen... Like, he's, like, one of my childhood heroes. So, like, anytime he's just, like, doing the Alan Grant thing, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be happy in the theater. And um, luckily, there is, like, enough of that to where I was just like, oh, it's Alan Grant, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and then... Um, I, I, they kind of, like, fumbled Goldblum so hard in the last one that it's... They make up for it in this one, but... And he... There were some parts of the movie where he... The dialogue is awful, but almost like in a Norm MacDonald way. And I told this to Zach on the way out. I was like... Um, almost in a Norm MacDonald way where he's one of those guys... He can just deliver a line that really should not work comedically on any level. Mm-hmm. And he actually makes it funny just because of his deadpan delivery. Um, yeah. Like, there are some lines in that movie like where he's like, You made a promise to a dinosaur. <laughs> Not a funny line, but his delivery of it made it funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. There were some, like, fun parts. Um, I didn't... They're even, like... I don't even hate the new characters. It's just, like, what they did with them in this movie I thought was, like, stupid. and like. Oh, I hate them. I, um, I, was, I wanted them to get eaten so bad, and I knew that they wouldn't. But I, I every time they came on screen, me and Sean literally just, like, were, like, waving them away. Like, with our hands, just, like get the fuck out of here <laughs> there was a point in the movie and i couldn't believe I, i'm about to say this there's a small point in the movie where i actually was more interested in like what they were doing opposed to what because like when alan and um uh uh lauren Dern's character or when alan and ellie are like going through the lab and they're like in the hazmat suits i'm like mm-hmm. 
you guys are just wasting this. Like, you guys are completely wasting this. Yeah, but I'm if, like, like, that was, like, the only storyline in the movie, that would be, like, a fun scene. I Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Like, maybe. I don't know. It's just, I, when I was, um, I was thinking the entire time, I was like, how depressing is it that, like, I, I said this last week. Uh, when we recorded it. I said Jurassic Park is the best blockbuster of all time. Uh, mm. it, it is the perfect movie. It is a movie that you can show anybody. Um, it is one of the most nostalgic movies to me. It's one of the most formative movies for me. The The impact that the original Jurassic Park has on me as a person is like mm. immeasurable, I think. Because um, I've seen it so many times throughout my lifetime. I know every line to it, every bit of it. Um, and that being said, when I was sitting in the theater... And uh, the first, like, Alan Grant and Ellie Sadler scene happens, I was just like, I feel nothing right now. And how mm-hmm. fucking depressing is that to, like, even the most easy of nostalgia bait is not working on me. And, like, yeah. I'm like, it really should be. Like, I don't care how cheap it is. I should be crying right now. <laughs> and I just feel annoyed. Yeah. Um, even on, like, a fun level, though, like, somebody doesn't get eaten by a dinosaur until, like, an hour into the movie. Yeah, I don't know. That's stupid. I <laughs> like. I either yeah. want to like watch a really good movie, or I just want to watch people get eaten by dinosaurs. Um, like, if you're gonna make it stupid and bad, at least make it like ridiculous. Like, well, I was... was promised in the trailer dinosaurs running through the Vatican. That was maybe right. five minutes of the movie, and it wasn't the Vatican. It was just Where Italy. Was... Where was that but, shot of the T-Rex at the drive-in? That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, that wasn't in the movie. Oh my god. Yeah. That would have been the most epic. <laughs> that would have been the most epic. Uh, I have to text Sean about that immediately. That was Well, it was in the prologue that they played in front of uh, F9 last summer in IMAX. But I was under the assumption that, like, the... Because there's a... In the prologue, it was, like, a whole thing about seeing the uh i think it's the fruit fly that gets stuck in the amber you see it mm-hmm. like taking the blood of the dinosaur and then getting stuck in sap and then being dried up in amber so you like you see how it draws the blood and it's actually a very beautiful sequence because it's like of course there's like no dialogue it takes place like a million years ago you know mm-hmm. um but uh and then it cuts to like present day and it has the whole drive-in scene but i was under the impression that um I knew that the dinosaur sequence was just for the prologue, but I thought everything else after that was made for the movie. Because you do, in the also in the prologue, you see the opening, like, the boat scene with the, um... I forgot the fish dinosaur's name, but when it, like, attacks the... the Yeah, whatever that was. Yeah, but they show, like, the fish dinosaur scene in the prologue, too, so I kind of just assumed... Like, when I saw that, the it's the very opening scene in the movie with, like, the, the, the dinosaur fish dude, like, attacking the boat... Mm. um wild alaska looking ass uh uh like i <laughs> um but yeah they uh i don't know it's kind of surprised when there's no drive-in scene because that's just like a fun concept for a movie yeah, um especially like in a movie like people are just like people being like me and i'm sure you um like things at movies in movies I'm just like a sucker for. Yes, yeah, that's why I um, I don't know. There's so many movies like that. Yeah, where there it's like movies and movies like, I, and that's what I love. Like I think that and that shot honestly like in the prologue of like you know there's the kid at the drive-in. I don't know if you saw the prologue, but 
the prologue is genuinely better than this movie. It's a very good prologue. Um, it got me so excited for this movie, and here we are a year later, uh, and I just feel like depressed. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's not a good movie. I think um, if you're a Jurassic Park fan, I guess still go see it because it is fun sometimes to see go like Goldblum. I think Goldblum's having a blast in the movie. I think um, yeah. uh, uh, Sam Neill is doing a good job. Uh, Laura Dern's not bad. She just clearly doesn't care about like Contravaro, but you can tell like anytime she's on screen with Sam Neill mm-hmm. or like Jeff Goldblum, she's like at least like enjoying it a little bit um uh everything with the new characters is kind of dumb uh i don't know that bad dumb movie um but we wouldn't be able to get to that bad dumb movie if it wasn't for a very good old movie great segue yeah uh called jurassic park um (laughs) a movie that was i'm gonna assume never made just about yeah um the, I, there's literally nothing wrong with jurassic park that's the funny thing about jurassic park um with the lost world or jurassic world or what have you we can critique those movies all day mm-hmm. um jurassic park is simply a movie beyond criticism there is nothing wrong with jurassic park exactly uh, um i, I we said talk- it yeah sorry i said it, it when we first recorded and i'll say it again uh when I think of the concept of movies, this is what I think of. This is a movie. Um, this is cinema. Mm-hmm. This is... I think this is, like, one of the defining... Like, I think this and Jaws are probably, like, the definitive, like, when you think of, like, American, like, Hollywood cinema. Yeah, I, um... Because, like, I was thinking about that, because uh, I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark semi-recently in theaters. Oh, hell yeah. I wish and I had done. it was so good. Uh, shout out to Sinopolis. Uh, all my homies love Sinopolis. They they have $5 classic Wednesdays. Oh they did Back God. to the Future last week. Um, uh, Victoria has never seen Mad Max Fury Road, and they're doing that in a few weeks, too. Amazing. I've never seen Dirty Dancing, and I'm doing that in a few weeks. That's uh, fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, we did Raiders of the Lost Ark a few weeks ago, and I was, um, it actually, like, had me thinking well before we did the podcast. I'm like, what do I, like, consider to be, like, the most, like, quintessential blockbusters of all time? And it's funny, um, you mentioned Jaws, I say Jurassic Park, and, like, uh, Raiders, and... All Spielberg. All Spielberg. Uh, that's the funny thing about it. Yeah. I said before we started recording, I accidentally wore a Spielberg shirt today. I'm literally wearing a Jaws Mm t-shirt. And I took a class on uh, Spielberg and Scorsese, like, two I years ago. I would show up to school if they were the teacher, and that was the principal. And this is what <laughs> I had to wear. <laughs> no, genuinely, it was, like, one of the best classes I've ever taken. Um, mm. Because I was, like, not, like, disappointed when I saw the syllabus, because I didn't, like, it was just called, like, a film studies class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I got the syllabus on the first day, and I saw that it was about Spielberg and Scorsese, and I was like, I have seen almost all of these movies a million times, but it made such a difference to, like, watch them, like, at this point in my life, mm-hmm. and look at them in, like, such a different way, because a lot of them, like, 
like Scorsese definitely is more recent for me in my life but Spielberg it's like a lot of these I first saw like very early on in my life and I look at them as like comfort movies um or like something like when it's on tv you just throw it on um just because you like have to Mm -hmm. and it was very different watching them in that context of like actually thinking about them like as like films yeah um and i feel like it just like gave such like it it, i i just have like so much more respect for it now and what i was trying to get at was that i had to like carefully pick my outfits because i didn't want to be like a loser that just like showed up in a movie t-shirt um (laughs) because i realized that i own so many fucking shirts that are like scorsese and or um spielberg themed (laughs) right yeah that's um no that's so funny because like i uh, i ordered a jaws shirt the other day i'm waiting for it to come in it's like a Mm -hmm. uh almost looks like a vintage like 19 like 40s like comic book cover that's cool um and has like jaws like attacking the boat um uh and uh yeah, I Jaws is like one of the best movies of all time. Uh, Raiders, uh, I mean, I, I don't even need to go off about them. Like they're perfect movies, and everyone knows they're perfect movies. But the thing about them that I think is so interesting is that they are all like quintessential all-time blockbusters, and yet they all feel very distinct from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all great and exciting in different ways, which is. Um, I like I'm a person like, and I know Kira's gonna like roll her eyes. Like I love Marvel movies, I love like comic book movies, but like none of them really feel like distinct from each other in a way that like a Spielberg movie feels distinct from another Spielberg movie. Like every Spielberg movie feels so wholly like unique and like um, separate because he understands. Like that's why he's the best. I don't think he's my favorite director of all time. But I think he is in the conversation as one of the best American directors of all time because of the way he can, like, literally adapt to any genre. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm, like... Because now he's done, like... His lifelong thing was West Side Story and doing a musical, which is why the opening of Temple of Doom is, like, perfect. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, like, I still need to see him do, like, a horror movie at some point or, like... Um, which, hey, Jurassic Park, kind of... At some points, it's a horror movie. There are movie. horror elements. Oh, yeah, 100%. We talked about, uh, and a lot of this podcast going to uh, be saying, uh, we talked about this last week. But uh, we did talk about it last <laughs> week where we're like, there are, this is a movie, it has everything in it. Uh, it's it's a family movie because, you know, the kid element at play. I, I think it's a very accessible movie for kids. There's cute dinosaurs. There's kids that the kids can relate with. There's funny adults you know funny situations it's a goofy it's a very goofy movie at points you an know extremely there are like, goofy movie. an extremely goofy movie it's a goofy movie at points but like not in a way that's like you derivative got jeff or... goldblum with his shirt off um, yeah ellie um, and alan the the sexiest couple to ever be shown on screen oh yeah um, like absolutely even yeah. in Dominion, I'm just like, you guys are still sexy. You guys are still Exactly, yeah. yeah. That was in my letterbox review <laughs> also. Um, yeah, when, uh, <laughs> when Laura Dern pops up on screen for the first time with Dominion, Victoria, like, like whispered, she said, she's so fucking hot. I was like, <laughs> I know. I, I agree with you. Um, Them together, just chef's kiss. 
Yeah, so just good. the vibes. Not even, like, the way that they look. I'm not even, like, trying to objectify them. Just, like, the vibes oh, and am. the chemistry between them, like... I'll, I'll objectify them. Uh, Sam Neill is hot. Uh, they're all hot. I don't care. Um, and they know they're hot. That's the... Th- I like the... Um, that, that is one joke that I liked in Dominion. Is like, when uh, Goldblum has a... Sh- he's, like, about to unbutton his shirt. Mm-hmm. And then he, and like, he, buttons, he buttons it back, it back up. up. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um... Yeah, uh, I, not to go back to Dominion, but, um, I said to Sean while we were watching it, um, I just love, like, watching Jeff Goldblum walk around, because he, like, walks, like, with his hands, almost, like, how, like, Italian people, like, talk with their hands, I feel like there's, like, a shot where he's, like, running upstairs, like, leisurely, and he's, like, like, moving his hands, like, with like with his movements of like running up stairs mm-hmm. and um on a jeff goldblum tangent i highly recommend it came out last week um conan o'brien's um podcast uh he he gets like really good guests oh yeah yeah um, couldn't couldn't a friend yeah yeah yeah, yeah great pod great pod. uh but he had Jeff Goldblum on and it was literally just like two hours of chaos and it Mm -hmm. was one of the funniest things I've ever listened to in my life so I highly recommend that um also um I highly recommend if Jeff Goldblum is ever in your city on tour even if you don't like jazz music to go see him perform Mm -hmm. um because it is literally like watching like a train wreck but in a good way like he's just so all over the place to the point where like in between songs he would just like walk around and do trivia like in the audience um Mm -hmm. and just make like terrible puns uh like he was he was like walking through the audience because this was in the city like in new york um he was walking through the audience and was reading names of like stores like throughout the city and was like shouted out if you know the answer of like what this store sells Mm -hmm. like it was like specialty stores or whatever and then he was like giving trivia on the shining for some reason and just like he was going off but i highly recommend that it's a great time and i like that in this movie he was able to just be jeff goldblum (laughs) yes yeah in, yeah, no. in the first one as well I feel like that kind of like established I feel like this established his persona as Jeff Goldblum in the first one yeah no absolutely like I I can't um, unless I'm like forgetting a movie like that came out like prior to the first Jurassic Park like I'm not saying Jeff Goldblum wasn't like he was obviously famous he had been in other movies prior to Jurassic Park but this is, like, what weirdly not only made him a pop culture icon, but almost, like, a sex symbol mm-hmm. for years. Um, which I... It's funny that, like... Um, I don't know if you had the same experience, but at least, like, in my school and friend group, like, when it was re-released in 3D in, like, 2013... Um, I'm not saying Jurassic Park, like, ever left the cultural zeitgeist, but it became even more, like, prevalent in the 2010s to, like, our generation because, like, you would see so many shirts like him like shirtless and like you know there's like just so many jurassic park shirts even if you go on like tumblr like those gifs of like jeff goldblum like 
I, I feel like it was almost like Ghostbusters-esque in that way, where like people that had not seen Jurassic Park had vicariously seen it through gifts and like references and other forms of media. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, like up with like Star Wars and Ghostbusters and Jaws and Raiders. Like these are this is like one of the most referenced movies of all time. Like it's a movie that is referenced in every show or movie that you've seen. Like, it, it, it's, like, even subconsciously. Like, it's not even, like... Sometimes... And that's the funny thing about Spielberg movies is that, like, he is kind of the blueprint for so many different things that some people, like, pay homage to him without even knowing that that's what they're doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. Like, I... But you get what I'm saying about the whole Tumblr thing. Like, I think this is a movie that, like, really had a life of its own outside of life just not only being an amazing blockbuster and an amazing memorable film um but like it became like memeable even mm-hmm. with the jeff goldblum of it all it became uh um or even like the shot of like alan taking off the sunglasses you know that was on tumblr all the time uh the raptors were on like you know they, that like, was their heads up it's just like yeah i feel like it's just like very funny like the way that they move and like Mm -hmm. the way that they like turn when they like look at like the camera or like when they like poke their heads up like in like the kitchen window when the kids are hiding from them i feel like that's just like hilarious to me and i don't know which came first it being funny in the movie or like seeing those gifts on tumblr (laughs) but i think that it's it's very it's very funny at some points well Let's make a drinking game out of this. Every time that we say we talked about it last week. So I want the listeners to take a shot about any time I say I talked about this last week. So I'll start now. (laughs) I talked about this last week. But my first time seeing Jurassic Park, um, I remember I was uh, at my mom's friend's house who she worked at Universal. So she was like a big movie fan. And she had like a huge, or at least from my like six or seven year old memory i remember it being a huge movie collection it's probably like 30 movies and i'm just like i when i was a kid i probably thought that was a lot of movies um but she had a huge movie collection from what i remember and um every time i went over to her house um she let me watch a movie on her like giant ass tv and uh i think b- before that she let me watch the grinch the mm-hmm. jim carrey one um and uh one time she, like she's also the person that showed me 50 first dates for the first time like she had a big big movie collection uh and uh one time when i went over with my mom and you know her and my mom were like hanging out she just like put a movie on for me and it was uh jurassic park and um i remember it was like raining outside i had like gone swimming before i had to come in because it started like storming i remember this very distinctly because i remember the first time i watched jurassic park it was like storming outside which like added to it weirdly because it you know it's it's spooky outside and you're watching a kind of not a scary movie per se but a um there's certainly scary elements to it and um i i just very vividly remember being glued to the screen the first time i saw it like the the wonder that i felt as like a seven-year-old i want to say maybe maybe six-year-old even uh just like every like every single note that i tried to hit it hit very hard for me at a very young age and um again i mentioned this when we recorded last but 
uh, when it was re-released in IMAX and 3D back in 2013. Um, I I don't know if I had rewatched it since I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I had at some point, or I had just seen like a lot of it on cable here and there. Because it was a movie that was like on ABC Family and like TNT. Like it's, it was a very cable movie too, the original Jurassic Park. Um, mm-hmm. But I had gone, uh, I really wanted to take the opportunity to see it. Uh, even like at age of 15, I was like, I need to do this. Like it just feels like something I should do. Because it's like one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies and I probably should see it in theaters. I'm like, it won't change the way I see it or anything, but like it'll be cool. And then no, it had like actually made an impact on how I view the movie. Um, because like I always loved Jurassic Park, but I don't think I ever loved it more than the first time I saw it in theaters. Um, because like seeing it in IMAX, the 3D was it was fine, it was like whatever, but seeing it in IMAX, I remember, that like blew me away in such a way that I was like emotional. I was like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time and I'm seeing it in IMAX right now. And like just hearing the sound, like the score in an IMAX theater, and like just seeing the full presentation of it, like full aspect ratio, full everything. Dude, it just like fully worked for me. It just like everything about it like got me. And from that point forward, I had always loved Jurassic Park. But from that point forward, I was like, oh, it's like my favorite movie ever. Like I, <laughs> I'm like, I need to like stop denying how like formative <laughs> it actually is for me. Like how, how much of my personality and like also taste in film. Like, almost like my standard for blockbusters is made up of Jurassic Park, you know? Because any, um, even when you see a great blockbuster, it's almost like the height, that's the ceiling, is Jurassic Park, I think. Like, you're like, oh, it's great, but, like, that's the that's the ceiling, you know? It can go high up there, it can go up to, like, ceiling fan level, but it's not quite the ceiling. The ceiling yeah. is always going to be Jurassic Park. I can never imagine a movie accomplishing what this movie does better. It's everything. It's a perfect movie. Did you see that they are re-releasing E.T. and Jaws in IMAX this summer? Um, yes. Uh, do I they have release dates there. for you? What? Do they have release dates for them yet? Because um, uh, I'm buying my tickets as soon as possible. They do, yeah. I think E.T. is in July. I don't know about oh, really? Jaws. But, um, um, yeah. Very that's... excited for, uh... My That's life awesome. changing again. <laughs> yes, I um I have seen Jaws in a theater, um, but it was in a tiny theater. It wasn't IMAX, yeah. so I'm definitely gonna take uh, the opportunity to do that. Um, E.T. is also one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's a perfect movie, mm-hmm. um, and I can't wait to do that in IMAX. Um, because that's like one of my favorite movie scores of all time. So like hearing that score in theaters is gonna like make me cry yeah Um, i'm gonna try and go to like the massive imax screen where i saw mission impossible like go out of my way to see it on literally the biggest screen with like the best sound i've ever seen in my life uh, it's gonna be a very emotional experience i i hope honestly i love when movies get re-released like and I know it's not like a foreign thing and i'm not saying it doesn't happen anymore but it should be happening happening way more than it does like Mm -hmm. Um, like when I saw Top Gun, like the original Top Gun in theaters last year in Dolby, mm-hmm. I was like, hell yeah, you know? Yeah, like, that was um, my first time seeing it when it re-released in Dolby. It was incredible. Um, or I still, whenever, whatever it was. Kira's about to yell at me for this. I've still never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and uh, I that was re-released recently in the past that's like few what, years. 
2018, I remember. And I'm pinching myself over the fact that I never... And I had A-list at the time, too. Yeah. And I never went. Um, and I think I really should have done that. Um, I should have taken that opportunity to go see Close Encounters. Yeah. Richard um, drives us. I... I don't know. I'm not I just, even going to go further. <laughs> well, I, I, I do want to watch that movie at some point. And it's, it's, I, I know I need to watch it, but I think it's because I'm like waiting for another re release that will probably never happen. I'm yeah. hoping for like a Fathom event or something. Yeah. Um, by the way, they have, they have some very funny Fathom events this year. Uh, they're re releasing Michael Bay's Transformers. Jesus. At a Fathom event. And me and Joey are going together. Incredible. Theaters. Um, um, something I learned, uh, I just completely off topic. I don't know why Michael Bay just reminded me. Because um, Jerry Bruckheimer did not produce that film. Um, I learned semi-recently from We Bought a Mic that Jerry Bruckheimer has an online merchandise store. Yes. Um, and yes. I have never been more tempted to order a t-shirt <laughs> online in my life. <laughs> Like, yeah. I really want it. Um, sometimes I just go on the merch store, look at it, uh, close the tab, reopen it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just a zillennial little uh, anecdote I wanted to share. That Jerry <laughs> Bruckheimer has a merch store. Thank you to We Bought a Mic for bringing that to everybody's attention. Yeah, no, I... Um... <laughs> Although they did complain about it being completely overpriced. Yeah. Uh, I think Drew mentioned, like, the shipping fee is, like, $20 or some shit, and I was, like, absolutely... I love jealous. Jerry, but no. Uh, although that is a fucking fit, though, is uh, having the fucking... Uh, the Bruckheimer logo on a shirt. Like, are you fucking Literally. kidding me? That Dude, logo goes so hard. Anyone that has no hose, like, if you have negative hose, wear that shirt and you're, you have all the hose. <laughs> um, I think, uh, like, just go to the club in that shirt and you'll be bawling, my guy. He has, um, like, sweatpants, too. It's very funny. <laughs> Yo, I want that, like, um, on my ass, like, the lightning strike. Oh, my God. Like, I, I <laughs> we should design, like, on, Wait. like, public we should make like sweatpants with like some kind of words on the ass i think that would be amazing i don't know what we would do can i get a um we should do a uh the jerry Bruckheimer logo but like it's a tramp stamp yeah uh, like a like, like a temporary tattoo oh no i'm saying i, I want a t- like a fully permanent jerry Bruckheimer logo tramp oh. stamp on my ass i like... mean you can <laughs> <laughs> I want the Happy Madison logo. It's not that it's I don't want it. It's like I would not pay hundreds of dollars for that. Right. Mm-hmm. If I got it I for you. free in a place that wasn't my lower back and it could remain hidden, possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> um, so what is a more satisfying, like... Because all the modern logos are interesting, but, like, the you know, the 90s studios logos are really where it's at. So, oh, like, well, before Jurassic World, I almost started crying at just the Amblin logo. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. No, it's always good to see that. Yeah. Um, I remember there's some weird movies that I played in front of. Like, I remember when I played in front of Bridge of Spies, I was like, you're, make, yeah. you're getting me hyped for a historical drama. Like, I, I'm not going to see fucking E.T. in this movie, dude. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I... <laughs> um, no, I love the Amblin logo so much. Yeah. Um, it's Did so I ever good. tell you that... I don't even know if I should be, like, disclosing this. I guess I could. 
Um, I don't care. I had to deliver a package addressed to Steven Spielberg, um, mm-hmm. to, like, DreamWorks Amblin, like, offices, and I went down there, like, an assistant signed for it, and I was like, oh my god, this is insane. The assistant signed for it. I went back up, then my coworker came back up in the elevator and was like, oh my god, I was just in the elevator with Steven Spielberg. I was like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I don't even know what I would have done but yeah I was just like I yeah I love it he seems like a very pure guy I think it'd be cool to ride an elevator with Um, Um, I always think about the cease and desist video for the Spielberger can't do it guys sorry cease and desist (laughs) cease and desist (laughs) so funny what was that in context of again there were some dudes who were like it was like a chain i don't remember what it was but they wanted to make like burgers called spielbergers that's like it. inspired by him i thought i was making that up i'm like wasn't it like burger oriented and then yeah. like yep that's what it was Spielbergers. that's good uh, i can't do it guys sorry Season <laughs> but he like doesn't sit down to like yeah. film the video he's just like walking through his house at like a brisk pace while he's recording this video um that's the funniest part sorry um if people Mm -hmm. are looking for more very funny internet content with steven spielberg i highly recommend um judd apatow made for i think it was the director's guild awards when i saw judd apatow at largo he said that they like didn't want them like shown on the award show but he had a zoom call with like all of like the big directors of like 2021 um mm-hmm. and it was like jane campion like um spielberg paul thomas anderson like it was literally like every director of like big movies last year and he mm-hmm. had like zoom calls with them talking about directing and they were genuinely hilarious and i th- right. think he posted all of them on his instagram back in like january maybe um or like february but i highly recommend those because spielberg is hilarious in it right yeah i need to uh i need to watch or listen to that um um yeah no i well spielberg is like one of those guys where he seems like a funny dude he seems like an actual like funny guy. Yeah. Um, uh, are you excited for the Fablemans? Because I think it'll be. Like, I think a really... that's my most anticipated movie of the year, and or of my life. Uh, I was so sad that he's not directing Indiana Jones, just because Indiana Jones is like the most important thing in the world to me um, right. as a concept. But um, which I can't did you ever say why he wasn't directing it? Because he's making fablemans right um he's still executive producing it though right yeah so i'm like i guess it's Um, a good trade (laughs) um well indiana jones is like um i like james mangold a lot like i think he's a very very good director um but well no one's spielberg no one's spielberg (laughs) like no one's ever gonna top spielberg like uh that's that's the thing it's i think i genuinely think James Bangold will make a very good movie because uh, Logan is fantastic. Um, I I really like Ford v Ferrari. I think that's a very very good movie. Um, like super really like dad cinema. 
in a very like classical way. Also, like all his movies are very beautifully shot too. Like he has a very distinct eye for uh, uh, for visuals. So I think um, in almost like his movies feel like Spielberg inspired, anyways. I just hope it's fun and goofy. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be good. Like that's yeah. what I liked about. Um... Yeah, I'm looking at his films right now. Like a lot of his movies are just like very fun, but they also have like an edge to them that are like. I don't know, it just works. The um, thing is about when people take over, which this goes back to Jurassic Park, when other people take over Spielberg, like, properties that he established, or, like, basically are, like, heavily influenced by him, mm-hmm. I feel like it loses so much of the heart. Um, and I feel that way about... I mean, I haven't seen, obviously, like, the immediate sequels to Jurassic Park. Um, Mm -hmm. But the Jurassic World movies are some of, like, the coldest movies and most sterile, like, no chemistry movies I've ever seen. And the original Jurassic Park is probably, like, one of the most, like, heartfelt movies I've ever seen. I think... The, I'm like looking at the cast and crew for this new Indiana Jones, and like John Williams is coming back, so that's mm-hmm. always good. John Williams did not come back for Jurassic World, I don't think. Yeah, the score was not good. Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, Jurassic World has like a decent score, but it's like literally just imitating. The, I mean, it's just like repeating. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. like, people trying to do different variations of the score. Yeah, and I like um, Michael Giacchino a lot. I think he's insanely talented. I just think that some of his scores don't really set themselves apart from others. Yeah, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, but, like, I get what you're saying. Like, I think it's just, like, it, it definitely, like, prevents it from being great, but I don't think it makes it bad either. It just kind of... It's in the middle. Like, that's how I feel about most of the Jurassic World. Uh, it's the same thing with, like, the Star Wars, like, the non-Star Wars, or non-John William Star Wars things. Uh, like, when I saw Rogue One, I thought it, wait, it was Rogue One or Solo? One of those two was not John Williams. And I remember thinking the score was, like, decent for it, but I was, like, you can just tell, like, it would have been cooler if they just did their own thing instead of, like, trying to emulate John Williams. Which, like, I get that it's a Star Wars movie and you have to, like, hit the beats at certain points. Like, I understand that. But, like, it felt like every scene was like, do 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 I'm like, okay, but, like, do your own thing, you know? Like, if you're going to do it. Like, that's the thing about I love about The Mandalorian. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Ludwig something. Uh, he, he won the Oscar for Black Panther, I believe, for doing the score for that. But he did the Mandalorian score. And that's why the Mandalorian score is so iconic already. Like, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do, you know? Because he made his own... He like it's genuinely an iconic piece of music already because that's a very distinct sound. Like when that sound plays, you know it's for the Mandalorian. Like yeah. when that's not for any other character. Like Han and Leia have their own theme. Luke has his own theme. Ray has her own theme. I love and now theme. Ludwig made a theme distinctly for the Mandalorian. And you don't achieve like iconography by like imitating. You do it by doing something new. Yeah. And that's something that I like about uh, Mando. But um, we have not talked about Jurassic Park at all. Yeah, <laughs> Just anyway, really. so the Jurassic Park score. <laughs> One of the best pieces of music. One of the best, yeah. It's not the best, honestly. Yeah. 
most iconic. Um, I think one of the reasons why it is so iconic is the placement of it is so perfect for emotional beats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it really makes you consider like the scale and like the wonder of it all. Like I feel like if you think about the idea of seeing like a dinosaur, it's like what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Or like you would be yeah. like terrified, um, even if it is something like harmless, like a brachiosaurus or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's just like a f- like you would just feel kind of like fear. But I feel like when the score first kicks in, um, when they first see the dinosaurs, it's like, you can't help but be, like, amazed and be like, Oh, yeah. This is something that, like, nobody ever expected to see, both in the movie and the audience. Because it's, like, an absolute, like, revolutionary filmmaking. I'm sorry. Like, I I can't even find the words. It's like, um... It's insane. Like, I can't imagine seeing this, like, in a theater for the first time with people seeing this for the first time. Yeah. I, um, if there's, like, there's a few movies that I, like, distinctly, like, wish I had a time machine to go back and, like, see them with, like, an opening weekend or, like, an opening crowd or something. Mm -hmm. Um, like, Psycho is one of them. Uh, I would have loved to see 2001 to space on. I I have seen that movie in theaters, but I obviously, like, wish I could have seen it, like, with Mm -hmm. an audience. Um... You know, there's so many classic movies like that. But Jurassic Park is one of those where it was like... Um, I watched a video recently about... Uh, it was talking about, like, the whole, like, death of cinema debate. But uh, this this uh, woman, she went into, like, a very, uh, very, very elaborate uh, thing about how opening weekends used to not be a thing. Like, mm-hmm. movies would come out and they'd just be in theaters and Through, like, crack them through word of mouth and stuff you know um very very good uh um video i think her channel is called broy de chanel and uh that but that video in particular was fantastic uh but it, it made me think like how yeah opening weekend should not be a thing that's why like star wars came out in like 90 or 77 but it didn't really make all the money until 78 and it was still in theaters until almost by the time empire strikes back came out which is insane mm-hmm. um you know, Exorcist, Jaws, like, all these movies are movies that, um, opening weekend, you'll find that it made, like, under a million, but it just, like, you know, it just made it over time, over, like, two years, which is crazy. Um, but Jurassic Park was a 90s movie, so it did have an opening weekend. And, but it, it still, like, was in that sweet spot where it had an opening weekend, but it was one of those things where an opening weekend wasn't detrimental to, like, what that meant. Like, it was still one of those things where, like, yeah, it opens in June, but it'll play till like September. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it'll play until like October, and then like that was back in the day where like VHSs didn't come out till like two years after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, like home media was like a sought after thing. It wasn't like just a because now like you see Spider Man No Way Home in December, and you can like have it on digital in like February. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is like I'm not even saying that's like a terrible thing. I just think it's like an interesting divide of what it used to be. Or with um, streaming. I, yeah, especially. exactly. Like, I'm not here to be, like, old man shouting at the cloud. Like, I don't think streaming is <laughs> a bad thing. It's, mm-hmm. It could be used for, like, most things in life. It could be good or bad. depends how you use it. Um, uh, but the, I'll be damned if I said I would not love to have a time machine so I could go back in time. Uh, 
like women with a time machine this is my grandma and your granddaughter <laughs> boys with a time machine going back to the opening weekend of jurassic park yeah um i because i would love to see this with like a 90s audience opening weekend packed like people who have never seen the movie before all yeah. the thrills are happening for the first time like i cannot imagine like the wonder too like, that you're talking about like the wonder of like when they first get in the jeep and and the great thing about like the first reveal of like the brachiosaurus or whatever is that like all the build up to it to that point like you mm-hmm. know how much alan and ellie love dinosaurs you know ian malcolm's like studies you know his profession mm-hmm. you know what john hammond's trying to accomplish like it establishes everything you need to know about these characters before you ever get to isla nubar you know what i mean yeah like you know everything you need to know about their love for dinosaurs and also you as an audience member you are in the opening scene with the raptor you're you're a little on edge because you're like okay i know that it's not that something's gonna get fucked up <laughs> exactly so it's like both like you have the wonder the fear the excitement like it, it establishes everything perfectly mm-hmm. so when you they first like pan up to uh the brachiosaurus for the first time it's it's unlike anything else like there, there's nothing else like it in cinema like um and i did again take a shot i mentioned it last week where i read or i think i saw an interview with uh spielberg where he talked about how he wanted the camera to be like a character in this movie where he said the it's very important to him that you, uh, the camera is like exactly the height of the human like we never go to the height or we never match the height of like the t-rex or the brachiosaurus like that we have to look up at it we have to feel how small we are in comparison to these creatures but also like the same thing can go for the raptor or like yeah. a, I forgot the name of that um that scary one that shoots the venom and it like shakes its thing. Ooh, they uh, came back. They did come back, and I love that was actually a very good that scene because it was scary. practical. It was yeah. practical in this one. That was that is one thing I'll say about Dominion. Sorry to go off topic again. It used a <laughs> lot of practical uh, effects, yeah. uh, way more than the other two, and I respect that. Uh, so thank you, Carl Gavaro. Uh, but uh, that being said, like. It's the same thing with, like, those creatures, like, where you want to feel awe-inspired by, like, the size and the might of certain dinosaurs. He wanted you to know how, like, terrifying it would be to be one-on-one, like, same size level with the scary ones. Mm-hmm. Um, he just understood, like, everything about it. Like, everything about it is just so perfectly, like, framed, timed. Um, like, it moves and is paced in, like, such a precise way. Mm-hmm. It is... It's, it's like the best movie ever. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, it's just, it's perfect. Everything about it. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hello, friends. Do you love movies? Do you just spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, and even the bad ones everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the cinematic achievement that is the 2001 classic Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. 
Subriyaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Subriyaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special treat to our listeners, we have a discount code. In all caps, enter SUPERZILLENNIAL at checkout for 10% off. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies, guys. Yeah, um, I think also, like, uh, you were talking about, like, establishing and, like, exposition and stuff. I think Mm -hmm. that it's, like, so simple in the beginning, and... Um, Alan with the raptor claw, like, one of the first, like, introductions to his character, it perfectly establishes, okay, it, like, foreshadows, like, the kids and the raptors and being chased by the raptors. It gives exposition on Alan's character and how, like, kind of, like, gruff he is, how he's not really scared of anything. He understands the danger of dinosaurs, but he still, like, loves them. Um, and also the fact that he doesn't know how to interact with kids mm-hmm. and yeah. that kind of sets up the entire plot of the plot basically just being that he has to keep these kids safe yeah that's like the whole motive of the movie yeah that's like well yeah <laughs> I, well I like that is one like through line of the entire franchise too that I do enjoy even up to Dominion is that like you see that how much and it goes also to like his love of dinosaurs it's like he um he very much puts his profession over any form of wanting to start a family you know what i mean mm-hmm. but through these kids that he has to kind of uh look after he learns about not just about like learning to like deal with kids but mm-hmm. like also um why family and like human connection is important um especially opposed to these like literal genetically modified dinosaurs like how uh purity and like uh like real life humans are like that's where it's at and like these things of the past no matter how great they are they shouldn't be uh maybe brought back and you know it's just i mean there's so many layers to like this film um but uh, that is one thing I love about it is that, like, even at the beginning, like, I love when, like, Ellie, like, questions him about, like, why he doesn't want kids. And he has, like, the most basic reasons. Like, they smell. Mm-hmm. They're bad. Like, I, they, they cost money. We, you like money, right? Well, if we have kids, we're not going to have money. Like, I love that line where he's like, they smell. And she's like, they don't smell. And he's like, some of them smell. You know they smell. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I love that he has, like, no actual fundamental reason for not wanting or even wanting to be around kids. He just doesn't like them. Yeah. And even, like, up until a point, like, he doesn't even really like them, these kids, until yeah. he has to look after them. You know? When it becomes his, like, literal obligation. Yeah. And then out of obligation, not out of obligation, but the obligation turns into, like, genuine care and, like, love. And yeah. that's why I think it, it does work as a kid's movie, you know? it it It's a movie that clearly, it's a movie that I think a lot of us saw at a young age. And even though it has very intense and heavy themes and elements and horrific parts, there are, there's such a wonder and sweetness to it, too, uh, that's yeah. truly unmatched, I think. Which I think is in all of Spielberg's movies. There's always moments of, like, love and family and stuff. And yeah. I kind of like how, even though um, 
Alan wasn't like even though Alan like is like changed by the end and he's like a lot like softer and more like caring they didn't really like change his thing of like oh now I want kids right I feel like he's more of like an uncle figure to these kids yeah no exactly like, he's just like yeah okay like he's still like annoyed by the kids but he's like he needs to like balance like he still think I mean clearly I mean I'm not saying that like Dominion is like this is canon which like I guess it is canon because it's like not to sound like a Star Wars ass person but mm-hmm. um, like he doesn't have kids and he's still working and he says that he's well, like lonely yeah. but like I mean, that's the thing about him is, like, he even fumbled the bag with Ellie. Like, you know, like, he... That's, like, that's what's established in the third movie is that, like... uh, Because it it opens, like, the first time you meet Alan in the third movie. Yeah. He's, like, literally... He's outside playing with Ellie's kids because she remarried. Uh, I can't... I don't think they're even married in this movie. I don't think. There's, like, a couple. Uh, Wait. In Dominion? No, 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 no. And uh, the original Jurassic Park. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, they're just... And Jurassic... They're yeah. just a couple, yeah. They're just a sexy uh, business partner yeah. couple that digs yeah. in the dirt. Yeah, and in the third, in Jurassic Park 3, I should say, um, it opens with him, uh, he's like on, the, he's outside like playing with Ellie's kids because she, re- she like married somebody mm-hmm. and kids with them. And it's the same thing where he's like, uh, he's playing with them with dinosaur toys and he's talking about like... Uh, how like that will like spit out acid at you and like stuff but it's Mm -hmm. but he's like more he's like not trying to scare them he's just genuinely being dorky Mm -hmm. which is always an element of that movie that i like is that like he is still like a dork and he doesn't quite know how to talk to kids Mm -hmm. but it it's less about scaring them now as it was being in this movie where there is a very clear development of all the characters throughout the franchise which is something that i appreciate and again not to I didn't like Dominion, but if there is one thing I want to say about it, it's, like, that it does do a good job of, like, carrying over all the arcs. Like, it doesn't neglect the sequels mm-hmm. um, in a way that I... I feel like the first Jurassic World didn't have any legacy characters because it just didn't want to touch on that. Um, and the uh, and now it feels like we're in... Especially, like, with all the prequel Star Wars love forming, like, I feel like we're in an era now where, like, the people who grew up with those movies are, like... I don't know, adults, and now are, like, they're, like, okay, we're done with, like, the 30-year-olds who are, like, saying, you know, I'll fuck these movies, you know? Like, no, now we're in an era where it's, like, no, we love these movies, and, like, let's, like, actually embrace, like, what was made and, like, uh, uh, like, actually cherish it, and that's cool to me, like, uh, because, like, even uh, in the the first scene of Dominion with Alan and Ellie, like, they reference Jurassic Park 3, you know? Mm -hmm. They, they talk about their history. Like, all the things they talk about are things that happened in previous movies, you know? Um, and, I don't know, that's nice to me that the, the lore is present, you know? The the character development is seamless. Uh, that's cute to me. It makes them feel like more real people. Um, but yeah, no, like, that's what... But nothing really tops the like, development that they have in this movie, you know? Uh, especially Alan, like, the, the journey that he goes on to get there. Um, until like caring about these kids is like i think the best not the best thing in the whole movie but the sweetest thing in the movie is when uh they're in the tree and he teaches the kid to not be scared of the brachiosaurus mm-hmm. um like feeding him or her uh like the it's such a sweet scene 
Uh, because, like, in the middle of all this terror, where they're, like, literally on the run and, like, fighting for their lives against these dinosaurs, um, there's just scenes so sweet about, like, yeah, they are terrifying, and there is a question of whether or not Hammond should have done it. Yeah. But there's a moment where you also see the gentleness and how there's not, uh, not everything is bad. Like, just because, like, the concept of bringing them back is bad doesn't mean that all the creatures are, yeah, you know without love or compassion and um which is something that i think the whole franchise has tried to like aspire to but i don't think anything quite epitomizes it as well as that scene does it's such a beautiful scene yeah yeah um yeah i think that uh should we just go through the first movie (laughs) yeah because like i talked about like and you also talked about like the beginning like the establishing um I always forget that there is, like, a terrifying scene at the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. with... It was the raptors that are attacking, right? Like, in the cage. And you don't see them. Um, right. And I think that that is terrifying. And I always forget that that's there. I always forget that the movie doesn't start with, like, Alan and Ellie, like, digging in the dirt and, like, Hammond yeah. coming to visit them because I always used to watch this, like, on cable and I would just, like, turn right. it on and forget about the opening scene. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is probably, like, one of the most effective things that, like, a lot of movies make this mistake. I can't think of ones off the top of my head, but, like, showing, like, the monster or, like, whatever is scary, like, too early in the movie... Mm -hmm. Um, which makes it that much more effective and emotional when they first show the dinosaurs um, and that much more scary when they show like the T-Rex and the raptors for the first time Um, right but yeah so that terrifying scene um, Hammond comes to visit um, talked about the opening Uh, Jeff Goldblum so sexy in this so sexy. Uh, um, when he laughs on that helicopter, um, one of my favorite YouTube videos is like a remix of his laugh, which is like very 2011, but it is so funny. I never posted vines when Vine was a thing, but that is one vine that I had. It was just like a loop of that uh, <laughs> from when I was watching it one night. I just like recorded it and the way vines like just loop back and forth. Yeah. Like, sometimes I would just, like... I just wanted it for my own leisure. I wanted to, like, just have it on my page. Yeah. Um, uh... <laughs> so, so they go to the park. Um, I think that all movies should give exposition via a theme park ride pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is incredible. I love the animation in that pre-show. I think that Mr. DNA is a gay icon. Happy Pride Month to Oh. Him. Yeah, like that. I love that little uh, that little animation. Uh, not just he Mr. Goes, DNA, but like he goes, dinosaurs. I genuinely, and I know, like, um, yeah, like what you're saying, like the exposition is like, it's exposition, but it's so well done. I don't think. Okay, I I hope it's the last time I bring up Dominion on on this episode, but I have to in this part. The exposition and Dominion is literally via a now this newsreel. Yes. Uh, at the opening scene. It tells you everything you need to know about the world that you're walking into in the opening now this newsreel. 
And this movie does it like 20 to 30 minutes in via a very cool animation that is just about the most unique use of exposition I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. That's the fucking difference we're talking about in this movie. Um, the Yeah, the animation, the Mr. DNA scene and like, I don't know, just like everything. Like the, I, 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 again, we talked about it last week, but like the whole, um, the actual science and the merit of like the... Uh, the, the fly getting stuck in the, uh, the sap and uh, the amber and uh, extracting the dino blood. Is I, like, something believe it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even want to fucking back check it. Like, I fucking yeah. believe that. Like, yeah. um, I, I, I love it so much. Like, I, I think it's such a unique... I don't know, I just love it. I adore it so much. I love the way that they explain it, the way that you truly feel, like, the passage of time of it all because you truly believe that Hammond has been after this for like I forgot how long they say I think he's been doing it like his entire life he's at least been like pursuing it mm -hmm. his entire life um uh but now he finally has enough dinosaurs to like show investors and it's like I don't know there's something about it that just is so precise and it feels right there's never a moment like in Jurassic World you're like questioning every fucking thing they say you're like I don't know about that one chief but in this movie, you're like, yeah, yeah. And Sap and Amber, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. <laughs> um, but, um, and I love the, like, uh, the Council of Progress-esque, like, design of that. Because it's just, like, you go into the lab and it just keeps turning and you're, like, moving with it. Um, and, like, Alan and Ellie and all of them, they get, like, so pissed off that they just, like, throw the, like, the seat guards off. And yeah, the they literally like... rip it up and, like, jump off the ride to go into the lab. <laughs> I like how Goldblum is just kind of like, huh? Oh, okay. And then he gets up, too. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, and then the lawyer's like, they can't do that. They can't do that. Mm -hmm. Can they do that? <laughs> Love a good, like, lawyer or, like, investor, like, in, in the so back good. of, like, like, in people's ears. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he 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 does a very good job at playing the uh, the greedy, wormy little lawyer in this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the guy is, but uh, yeah. Also, again, I started to bring Most up Dominion epic again. Death in, in movie history. I'm sorry to bring up Dominion again, but I I almost forgot to bring. This is an element that I actually do want to talk about a little bit. Uh, before this, when Wayne Knight is buying or the thing, like the Barbie's he gives him like yeah. that's brought back in spoiler alert, Dominion. Was that motherfucker actually supposed to be the Barbasol can guy, Dodgson? He's at least related to him. Um, the the little like the very weird guy in Dominion with the glasses, the one that has the Barbasol can in his office. They have the same name. I I so guess I think so. Yeah, because remember, that's Wayne I was like, Dodson, Dodson. Yeah. See, yeah, no one cares. True. And, okay, yeah. Um, I know the guy who actually played Dodson in this movie was, like, arrested. He's still in prison to this day. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Zach Perry, friend of the pod, uh, gave me that fun fact uh, after the credits rolled. Cause I, but, like, the second he said Dodson, I'm like, I threw my hands up. I'm like, why? Like, I was like. Mm -hmm. I was like, why are we doing that? He's such also, a nothing character. I mean, I haven't seen, like, the, uh, like, immediate sequels, like I said, to Jurassic Park, but uh -huh. that Barbasol can was fucking gone. 
Did yeah, they that's find what I was... it in a sequel? Because when I think they, they... Like, drops it as he's being killed, it rolls down into a river and is just like buried by mud. But I don't know if they ever found it again. So If I'm not mistaken, I think there might be an Easter egg in 3. Like an Easter egg. Like a mm-hmm. very tiny Easter egg. Um, I might be getting the movie wrong. Because I'm not kidding. When I say an Easter egg, I mean like fucking blink and you miss it. It's not, mm-hmm. not even a reference. Like it's in the corner of a frame for like two seconds and you can miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest I think you get is like on River Adventure, you can see the Barbasol Hall canon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so theme um, parks are canon. <laughs> theme parks are canon. Um, hey, that's what I've been saying. Uh, uh, but Always. yeah. Uh, but no, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was uh, funny that they brought back that fucking character. Uh, for no reason I'm like okay sure um, uh, but no when they uh, so speaking of legacy characters Dr. Henry fucking Wu in this movie in every movie he's the I, reason I, for like everything and it's very fucked up I like <laughs> in, in the new one where Samuel's like oh, oh no uh, Jeff Goldblum's like oh this guy it's always <laughs> this guy <laughs> yeah very which I think is funny so funny um, you know, like, I think, no disrespect to, um, I forgot the actor who plays him, but, uh, um, Dr. Henry Wu, like, I think, uh, it's, like, very funny to me that, like, he is just, like, that reoccurring character who just always, B.D. Wong, he does a fine job, it's something against B.D. Wong, it's just, like, and I didn't talk about this movie, B.D. Wong and Henry Wu are, like, good in this movie, it's just, like, the bringing back of him in every sequel is the culprit. Yeah. Like, in every Jurassic World movie, it, like, the whole movie plays out, and at the end, it's, like, Dr. Henry Wu is mine at the whole, whole time, and mm-hmm. I'm, like, oh, again? <laughs> like, again? And they do it three different times in the whole franchise. Um, but... Uh, I love this scene where they're like, you see the eggs hatching for the first yeah. time, and um, I love the amazement uh, by Ellie, the trepidation by Alan, and the actual like fear and confusion and annoyance of uh, Ian, mm-hmm. who yeah he's like he's like yeah it's cute and all but like he's he's like concerned about the fact that uh, they really think they can contain science you know mm-hmm. that the whole line about uh life finds a way in regard to um they think that if they just make all of the dinosaurs female that um it'll never happen mm-hmm. and sure enough he's proven right by the end uh that one the of the dinosaurs are frogs they're frogs and they have a uh they have a tendency to mutate their uh genes and uh therefore can change uh sex and it's it's very Elaborate. I mean, that's again. That, that's something I love about this movie is that the science. I don't know how sound it is, but it sounds real to me. Yeah. It sound like it sounds good, so therefore I believe it. You like can it checks absolutely out. Absolutely, make dinosaurs out of frogs. That's what I got out of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let's go and some in Dominion, I believe that they could make um, you, they could make a dino out of a monitor lizard or whatever it was. Oh, the fucking, um, the locust in that movie pissed me off. Every oh time they God. cut back to them, I was like, shut the fuck up. This is a movie uh, about bugs. I hated it. It was so stupid. Um, anyway, um, so. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but they, Yeah, something uh, that, um, what you said about, like, the amazement of, like, the dinosaurs hatching, um, to compare it to Jurassic World, again, I apologize, people. Um, what I'm about like the heart of the movie 
um, that's mm-hmm. lost in between. In Jurassic Park, everybody is so happy and excited to be there, even if Jeff Goldblum is, like, looking at it analytically, um, and the lawyer is, like, kind of, like, looking at it anxiously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, everybody is amazed to be there, especially, like, the kids, and it seems like um, with the exception of, like, the one little kid in Jurassic World, like, the first one, like, nobody really is excited by dinosaurs, which, like, I get it, because, like, it's been established that they can, like, eat people and, like, destroy the world, <laughs> but, well, it, yeah. yeah. Well, I, and we did, we went over this whole fucking thing last week, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sad you guys don't get to hear the first time me and Tara talked about it, mm-hmm. but... Uh, like I said before, I think the one thing that's cool about, yeah, Jurassic World is that it's more like um, how people are, like, not really impressed by technology or, like, things anymore. Or, like, they go to Disney and they're on their phones. Like, when you went to Disney, like, in the 2000s, you were, like, fucking amazed by everything. But, and I Kira still is because uh, Disney. Yeah, I, but I was about to. I, but, um, but... Uh, and hey, that was me on Guardians the other day. You know, I yeah, was, I, was I literally like, am about to cry on that ride. I know it. Uh, but like, uh, there are just certain things, you know, like where a lot of it is like, it's it's like very fake, deep shit. But I do like the idea that like, no one's really amazed by dinosaurs anymore. It's one of those things where um, these are living creatures, and we are being fatigued by them, and that will be our inevitable downfall. And and that is what the downfall of the first Jurassic World is. It's like that we are so um, not interested in them anymore that we have to like literally mutate a new dinosaur, like a True. fucking demon. Yeah. And that's what literally kills people is that the fact that, oh, the real ones weren't enough for you. You just had to make something terrifying and this is what you get. Yeah. Here's like the product of all your corporate greed, which is, again, that's what I like about the first Jurassic World is that it talks, it's literally like, visualizing the fear of what John Hammond did not want to happen. He did not want this to be like an elite uh, like uh, like super uber expensive thing where there's like tears to it. Like he wanted everyone to be able to go. Like he almost like a Walt Disney like in the 60s approach where he mm-hmm. wanted it to be affordable for everybody. And I think Jurassic World like presents, I'm not saying like Disney, like I'm not trying to like make the Disney blueprint. But, no, like, you could basically connect it to Disney World. Disney is very largely like classist <laughs> and I'm going, okay, then I'll do it. Uh, Disney's very largely like classist and exclusionary. And, yeah, they're uh, pricing not... out all low income oh, families, yeah. especially the fact that they don't pay their cast members enough to even live near the park or to yeah. like, you know, yeah yeah no absolutely like they're that that is one thing i like about jurassic world is that like a lot of people complain about like the corporate isms of that movie and how it just feels very like polished and like clean and like um it's, it's kind of depressing but like in the product placements there but i'm like that's kind of like i'm not saying it's like amazing or anything i'm just saying that's kind of the point i like yeah. that about that movie is that like it is like a fucking capitalism nightmare of a movie and i think it's a little more self-aware than i think people give it credit for um and again i i do like that because like and it's literally literally in this movie too where it's like john hammond deliberate like over the dinner scene which i said last week it's 
one of my top five scenes in this movie is mm-hmm. where they're having dinner and they're discussing the ethics of what they should do mm-hmm. um, and whether or not he should pursue the part. Uh, John Hammond like literally says what he doesn't want to happen and you see it happen in, in the world. Uh, uh, but I think, uh, yeah, the, the dinner scene in this movie, fucking fantastic. Um, yeah. Because the whole like science, like the whole ethical scientific debate that they have is just so, it's gripping. Like it's genuinely like super intriguing, and the dialogue and the way they deliver it is just so fluid and like it's just so precise and it just like it's very piercing dialogue. It's like one where like every single like remark or like you know clapback is like very like it feels very like ooh ooh you know like it's like it really hits um I don't know and uh so like it's funny like Ellie and Alan like all these people that were like so amazed they very immediately turned and were like yeah this isn't like good like yeah it's amazing don't get me wrong but you uh probably should not have done it you know and um and of course the only guy who doesn't agree with that is the lawyer who uh who went from we need to have professionals here to vet you guys out we have to make sure that this is sustainable and it's okay and then the mm-hmm. second he sees the dinosaurs and he sees how many there are and he's talking how about like, the making toys and <laughs> yeah and he's like and he said and we need we, he said we can charge a million dollars for mm-hmm. a ticket and uh he said we can have a coupon day you know like it's mm-hmm. just a it's so good it's so fucking perfectly written it's 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 flawlessly done yeah yeah um i also like speaking of like favorite scenes one of my favorite details in the movie which i (laughs) i talked about the last week uh is john hammond sitting alone and like as the park is just like being just like destroying itself basically Mm -hmm. um and he's eating melted ice cream uh, out of the like cafeteria area because like the power's out and it's like melting, so he's just like sitting there like wallowing in like self pity and basically like not like giving up but just being like Jesus Christ like this is happening, and Laura yeah. Dern like sits with him and like has a bite of his ice cream and they're just like discussing how this like shouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah, I think. John Hammond shows, like, a lot of humanity in this movie. He's never, like, cold. Like, you genuinely believe that he thinks that he's doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the most interesting part, is that he's not a villain. No, he's um, not. He's literally just some <clears throat> guy that, like, wants he, to do something. <laughs> he's a very, um, he, he's one of the most fascinating characters in all of, like, Jurassic Park because not only because he's like literally the the blueprint for it all mm-hmm. but yeah like he's one of those guys where like yeah he has like very flawed intentions that uh have ripple effects throughout I mean obviously he's like the reason the entire franchise happens yeah um but you know that being said like his intentions were pure and I think that's the entire point of the movie like the intentions and ideas can be as pure as can be but um one you cannot mess with science and yeah. you cannot like fuck with it in a way that is for personal gain especially and um just because you want to see something doesn't mean you should be able to see something mm-hmm. and uh two capitalism and greed will always uh overrule uh any humanity or good intentions that one has mm-hmm. uh in terms of like i mean it's like literally like there will be blood type shit like mm-hmm. it's that's what i love about it it's 
Uh, it, like literally, like John Hammond in There Will Be Blood. Like that's kind of what it is. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's 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 about American corporate greed, and it's uh, he's not greedy. He's not corporate. It's just like he knows he has to kind of like play the cards with like the investors, and um, he's just naive enough to think that won't be his uh, downfall, and that they won't uh, fuck it all up. And of course, uh, they do. And yeah. he he's almost so pure for his own good that he doesn't understand. Uh, and that's like his downfall is that he's he's too amazed by his own creation that he is blind to the uh, the horrors of it. And I I think that just makes him a very fascinating character. And I think uh, what what is it? Uh, Richard Attenborough, I think his name is uh, John Attenborough. I forgot. Uh, uh yeah uh yeah. <laughs> I one of the best actors of all time. Uh, David, you are R- Richard <laughs> completely off. David, it's Richard. David. I'm literally looking at the cast list right now. It's oh, Richard it's Attenborough. His, his brother is David. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, literally looking look at the like cast him. list. <laughs> David Attenborough is not the guy who does uh, like the, the, all the documentaries. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Same thing. Yeah, because I, I was like, I know the name. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no. Um, no, he gives an amazing performance in this movie. And uh, it's always weird to me that, I mean, I guess it's not weird because he passed away when they were filming Jurassic World, mm-hmm. um, and he was in—he's in the Lost World. He's in the first two movies. He never came back for the third one, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, his presence has always been felt, and that is one thing about I like about the Jurassic World movies is that they tried to like incorporate Hammond in without having him physically there, mm-hmm. because like it really does all spawn back to that the first idea that he had. Like it's all connected, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, no. In this movie, it's it's great, and that scene that you're talking about is just perfect. And like the the visualization of like the melting ice cream, like he's yeah. just trying, it, like the the freezers are off because the power's off, and he's just trying to enjoy the ice cream while it lasts. He's trying to have one last scoop before it fully melts. Yeah, like and one I normal don't, thing. Yeah, one normal thing, uh, and I think it's like a great like. I don't know just it's just it's great visual storytelling like it's yeah it's great dramatic irony like it's the most perfect thing ever yeah um, and there's like yeah. images in this movie that i feel like just always stick with you like the mm. barbasol can um mm-hmm. which yeah that scene yeah. holy shit Scary. uh the like looking in the car mirror where it says like objects are closer Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. And the T-Rex like, is there. Like, anytime, like, you see, like, ripples in, like, a glass of water, that's just Jurassic Park, baby. Like, um, that, uh, I was watching Toy Story 2 the other night, and I forgot that they have a Jurassic Park reference in that, where, mm-hmm. um, they're in the toy aisle, and Barbie's driving a car, and Ham looks in the, in the, like, in the mirror, and, uh, Rex is, like, chasing the car, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like in Jurassic Park. It's very cute. Um, uh, I, <laughs> I think it's so funny. Like, I, that's what I'm talking about. Like, every form of media, like, every, like, big franchise or, like, series or movie franchise has, like, referenced Jurassic Park in one way or another. Um, and I love that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that first T-Rex scene is, like, literally unmatched. Like, there's nothing quite like it. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're in the rain, and then um, the visualization of, like, the uh, the the driverless cars, and they're all on the track. 
and just how scary that is to like not have a way to get off the road you're just again it's that's also like part of jurassic park is like you're just very much hoping that everything goes right yeah you know you're putting a lot of faith in like mechanics and very artificial machinery and creations instead Mm -hmm. of like humans and like stuff and again that's also very disney-esque where it's like they are putting a lot of faith in like artificiality instead of like what used to be a very humane creation a very like human driven operation um and i think it's just so it's just everything about it is so like right you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they (laughs) he's so worried and so content in like advancing technology to not having to have drivers that they can just have like a driverless in a track but that's literally like what fucks them over why they can't escape yeah. you know what i mean that it's all set to like i think what 10 miles an hour i think is like the speed on the uh on the thing he's like he can't go over that much you know uh and <laughs> that's what fucks them over and also like the glass the protective glass is what like almost kills the kids yeah like everything that they put in place actually ends up being detrimental to them which is like something that i love about this movie is that um, anything, everything that they think is preventing it from going wrong is what goes wrong. And I think that's so funny and cool. Like, I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I love when, like, the characters are just, like, able to, like, sit in the cars, too, because they are just able to have, like, banter and not Mm -hmm. to go back to Dominion when all the original characters are, like, in are like in a um like a jeep thing together i'm like oh hell yeah like we're gonna get all of the original characters in a car together um chris pratt and bryce dallas howard have no way into this car they're all just vibing even though they're like trying to escape like they're all vibing they're all like bantering Mm -hmm. and then the car immediately flips over and i'm like right now we i was genuinely upset i was like now we won't get any more fun car banter with the original characters i love when they're all in the car together and you just get like a good well they're not like all together they're in like the separate cars but you just get like the dynamic between all the characters and how they interact with each other and how they deal with like stressful situations because that like reveals a lot about their character um I love the interactions between um, Ian and Ellie and how he like low-key like flirts with her and like how he like tries to like explain like chaos theory or whatever with like the drop of water on the hand and stuff. Such a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and then like the kids with like the equipment, um, like the night vision goggles and stuff. Right. I just think that like there's not really any room for like conversation and like building relationships in like the jurassic world movies um yeah and i think that is where it's like those moments in between like we've been talking about it's the moments in between the chaos that really give you like the heart of the characters and that's why it's so good yeah no yeah i mean i i think there's like moments in those movies like all the sequels i think have moments but nothing ever ever reaches like the first movie in terms of that stuff Mm -hmm. like 
um, yeah, like you said, it's those moments that are so iconic, like, whether it's with the kids, like, even, like, in the midst of all that stuff, like, um, like, some of the most iconic stuff, like, when, uh, the T-Rex is actually chasing the, like, the things in your, uh, mirror are closer than they appear, like, that is, like, so iconic, but it's, like, a funny bit, too, it's, like, it's actually, like, a fun visual gag, and, like, uh, um, Goldblum, like, quipping that entire scene is, like, funny, you know, it's, it's not, like, annoying quipping, it's funny quipping, you know? Mm um because that's what the character would do like he that's how he handles stressful situations he makes light of it in the moment but while also being uh productive to the situation and, and like um <clears throat> also like funny shit like nothing will ever top like the fucking lawyer getting eaten on the fucking toilet oh it's so uh, funny in the, it's so so funny um i it, think it's hilarious so, that um have you ever heard of like blood meridian no um, it's literally one of the most depressing books I've ever read in my life, and it is, like, horrifically violent, and, spoiler alert, um, it also ends with somebody dying in a porta potty <laughs> And oh, really? that's all that I thought about was Jurassic Park while reading it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I love that scene so much. I think it's so it's so iconic it's so like the visual of like and also like it's raining outside yeah so like when the when he like knocks over the hut and it's just like full he's like on a toilet it's raining like ranch is pouring down him on top of the toilet mm -hmm. and a fucking t-rex eats him people talk about that one scene in jurassic world where like the lady gets eaten mm -hmm. and like the pterodactyls like throw her around it's a very brutal death scene uh, but that being said, I don't know if anything's, like, sadder than, like, a guy on a toilet in the rain getting eaten by a T-Rex. Like, that's, that's a pretty death, that's a bad death. Like, that's yeah. a, that's a bad way to go. He isn't even, um, like, taking a shit, though. Like, he's literally just sitting in there. Yeah, he's hiding. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny. Yeah. Um, cause, but then again, that's, up. like, that's his downfall. It's, like, um, uh, you know, he, he goes away from the pack. He doesn't stick together with him. He tries yeah. to abandon the kids. Yeah. You know, he, he screaming, does... he left us, and just being traumatized by that. Yeah, like that's that is one thing I like about it too, is that like it has that element of like, um, you know, roaming like or like coming together like as a pack as a group mm. is uh, better than going at it alone. It's a very pivotal theme to this movie, is that going through it together is better than going through it alone, and uh, that is uh, it's just such a great great theme to have. And um, I think that death with the lawyer is, like, just epitomizes it very well. The guy who, like, you know, abandons everybody is the guy who gets killed first. And uh, I don't know, it's great. And same thing with, like, with, uh, with uh, Wade Knight's character, too. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the guy that goes against everything. And, I mean, that death scene is, like, to this day, that's the scariest dinosaur to me. The, the one, I can't remember the name of it, but the one that, like, shoots out the venom and, like, screams at its mm -hmm. victims. Um... I did really like that in this movie, or in the Dominion. Um, I, spoiler for Dominion if you haven't seen it. But when you... Th I was really wondering, like, how the fuck is Bryce Dallas Howard going to get out of this one? Uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it Laura Dern that does it? Uh, or uh, when they, like, that thing's screaming at her, it's about to show out the venom, and then... Uh, is it is it Chris... Pr I can't even remember who fucking saves her. But someone like guts the like venom snatch, like and oh, grabs Chris it Pratt off their and the pilot come up behind the dinosaur and that was the, cool. I thought the poison thing. Out. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like that. Um, yeah, there's like I love that dinosaur because it fucking 
to this day scares me. Like there's something about the screech and the venom mm-hmm. that is always going to be terrifying to me. Um, yeah. And that's why, like, I love on River Adventure when you see that dinosaur. It's always so scary. And he, it, like, sprays you. Mm. Granted, with water, but it still sprays you. And it, it's always so cool to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the whole the whole T-Rex scene, flawless, perfect. Uh, the practicality of it mixed with the, the visuals. Um, it, it's the, the seamless blend of CGI and practicality is top-notch it, it will never be topped the way they blend the two together it's a lot like the the prequels in the, that way where um uh he because the prequels always get shit for being too cgi heavy mm-hmm. but in reality they also build just as many practical sets as the original movies did they just have more cgi too yeah. um and i think they actually those movies blend them in very well especially like revenge of the sith um, but this is one of the best, like, uses of it all, because, like, it, this makes the very great statement of, like, CGI is not bad, it just depends on how you use it, mm-hmm. and, um, I don't know if a movie uses it better than Jurassic Park. I think, um, I, I mentioned earlier, like, one of my favorite, uh, or last week, actually, I mentioned it, where, um, my favorite use of, like, the CGI to, like, practical is, like, in the kitchen scene at the end, with the kids, like, running up to the vent, um, mm-hmm. It's a practical dinosaur, but on the one shot, the 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 shot that's like almost like a Dutch angle, you're at the top of the vent and you're looking down at the vent onto the kitchen floor, mm-hmm. and you it goes from practical to that Dutch shot, and then it's the CGI raptor jumping up at the kid. You can tell it's CGI raptor, but the way that it transitions is so seamless and the CGI is so good that it just feels very seamless. It's not like a, in your mind you're on oh, that was practical, now that's CGI, your mind just goes, oh, that's just one, that's the same dinosaur. And yeah. um, I love that so much. Um, uh, one of the best lines of the movie, well, I think one of the best, like, gags in, like, cinema history is um, the heart, the, the line, none unless they learn how to open doors, and then the hard cut of the raptor opening doors. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. <laughs> so good. Um, this is literally a horror movie by the end of the movie. Yeah. Which is something I love about it. Um, like the electric fence bit. So good. Um, Sam Jackson getting his arm, like, ripped off. Uh, the whole, which I think is the best jump scare of the movie. Uh, When the arm, like, goes over her shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Um, I don't know if anyone epitomizes fear better than Laura Dern just saying run with a like a sprained angle and mm-hmm. she's all like bloodied up like damn I want to like watch this again right now it's a perfect it's like literally the best movie <laughs> of all time like it's I can't stress that enough it's the best movie ever made yeah <laughs> like I just remember this is just like me gushing about it is like me having like literal 20 years of memories with it you know Mm-hmm. Like, it's a movie that I think I have... I, I mentioned it when we recorded last week, but I genuinely think I've seen it, like, 20 to 30 times in my lifetime, if not more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know every line to this movie. I know every beat as it happens. Like, because, you, like, you mentioned, like, how you were, like... I kind of always forget that it happened, like, it opens with the Raptors. Mm-hmm. I don't, because, like, I just have, like... I'm fucking insane. Like, I have, like, a very... 
Like, you know those movies in your life that you've seen them so many times that you could, like, literally like, watch them in your brain if you wanted to? Yeah. Jurassic Park is that movie for me, where I could <laughs> probably replay it in my mind if I tried hard enough. Because mm. I remember everything so distinctly, down to, like, the correct, like, lighting of a certain scene, or, like, the... Um, like the the exact editing and how like the editing is often used as like a comedic factor in this movie. Yeah. Um, Spielberg's a very fucking funny guy. Like he knows how to edit and like time a joke perfectly. Yeah. And this is his one of his funniest movies. I think it's so good. Um, yeah. Even like uh, you know, season desist video. It's funny. Season desist video. It's great. He yeah. edited that on his fucking phone, but it was probably uh, it's funnier than most things I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> um, I don't know if there's a better shot than, uh, than the, uh, the T-Rex, um, roaring after killing the raptors oh, and the yeah. Jurassic Park sign falling, um, which, um, just a fun, like, little Floridian tangent, um, Vic, uh, my girlfriend Victoria, she used to work at Universal last year, and mm. she did not realized until re-watching Jurassic Park with me recently that the Discovery Center is identical to the Discovery Center in this movie. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, It looks like it's exactly the same one. It's epic. Um, it's great. Um, and because like when, because I told her that the whole movie and she's like, are you sure it doesn't look exactly the same? But when we go down to the T-Rex the shot and you mm-hmm. have like the full like, granted there's a T-Rex in the middle so you can't see everything. But yeah. like mostly it's a big pan out of the whole discovery center and she was like oh shit like the staircase is the same and i'm like right that's why i was like obsessed with that area when i was a kid because i was like it's literally jurassic park um i forgot have you did you go to universal orlando when you were like a kid um i went when i was probably like 12 did you um were you like too old at that point to like go like through the like jurassic park like kid center um, I don't remember that. Because, just a little, I, I won't make this more than, like, two minutes, but, like, the, uh, <laughs> in the Discovery Center, there's, like, um, you could actually see, like, the baby dinos, like, hatching the eggs. Mm-hmm. And it's, and they still have that today. Um, yeah. Uh, and I love that. And also, like, um, there's also, like, a thing, it's, like, a little, like, a little playground for kids, but you get to actually go in the Amber Mine Cave. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, like, a slide for the Amber Mines and, like... Like, you're just going in there and, like, um, there's, like, fossils and, like, you can actually, like, dig up fossils and there's, like, cave paintings in there. It's, like, a little, like, it's just, like, a little area for kids to, like, run around. But I remember, uh, like, me being a fucking Jurassic Park dork as a kid. Like, when I was playing in there, I was, like, amazed by it. Like, you, there's, like, a, like a bridge that you have to run over. And, like, underneath it, there's, like, boiling water. Um, it's, like, it's just so cool. I, if anyone um, doesn't know what I'm talking about, I implore you to, like, look it up on YouTube. Um, just Islands of Adventure, Jurassic Park, like, kids area, I guess you could look it up for. Uh, there's, like, a name to it, but I forgot what it is. It might be, like, Camp Cretaceous or something like that. Um, oh, that's what, like, the kids' Netflix movie is called. Yeah, I had, um, not a coworker. Like, I, I was interviewing somebody at work the other day, and she was going off about how that show's actually very good. Mm-hmm. She's like, I like it better than the Jurassic World movies because it's, like, very simple and, like, mm-hmm. cute. And it, like... It's just a very natural, like, Jurassic Park thing. Um, uh, but, but yeah, no, I think that might be what it's... I could be making that up, but I, that might be what it's called. Um, but, yeah, I, I am 
it, even just like all of like the design of the Islands of Adventure Jurassic Park area is very, very unique and like uh, beautifully designed. Like even the queue for River Adventure, um, that's like just about the best ride I've ever been on with all the animatronics. Um, last week we did a last week we did a whole theme park talk. Um, <laughs> I'm sad you guys can't hear because it, it was great. Um, yeah. But I, I did mostly mention that River Adventure is like in my top five attractions of all time, and uh, how the Jurassic Park area and Islands of Adventure is like just it's I every time I like am in that area, I just feel so happy. Such like I'm so fucking happy every time I'm in there, because uh, like the theme park's playing on the speakers outside, and you can go get like fucking twenty dollar chicken nuggets at like the <laughs> T Rex Cafe, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's just so. It feels like home to me. It really does. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I, I don't know if there's a better final shot in any movie than this. Yeah. It's the best, like, ending to a movie ever, too. Um, like, Ian's exhausted. Hammond is done. Um, Ellie and Alan are happy. And the kids are, like, leaning on him. And that makes Ellie happy. Like, everything is just summarized in the final shot. Yeah, and the score. You know what I mean? The score is always, like, perfect. And, like, the moments when, like... I like that, like, all the movies... Like, the ones that I've seen, obviously. um, They end, like, in similar ways. Where it's just, like, very nicely, like, flying. Not nicely, Mm -hmm. but it's, like, a little bit peaceful. And they were, like, yeah. flying away on a helicopter from the whole situation, and then, like, the score yeah. plays. Yeah. I think that's... It's perfect. Yeah. Literally perfect. Um, yeah, no, I, uh... And also, like, the credits still... Like, I love that trend of, like, credits going while the scene continues. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of my favorite things ever. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just the shot of, like, them leaving Isla Nubar, it's, like, uh, so beautiful. Like, um... Like the sun shot, or the the yeah the shot of the sun is just beautiful. Uh, I, everything about it, the score, the visuals, the what it epitomizes by the end. Like it tells you just by the characters and like where they're sitting and how they look. Like some of them are exhausted. Alan's kind of content. Like uh, the kids are just grateful to not be there anymore. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's perfect. There's there's not a better movie <laughs> than Jurassic Park. There is not a better film ever made than this movie. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we finally... <laughs> yeah. Um, we, to sum up recorded. this episode, uh, Spielberg, great. Skype, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, um, it literally stopped recording halfway through this and it started up again. So... Um, LOL. Fuck Skype. (laughs) Fuck Skype. All my homies hate Skype. Literally. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that's about it, right? Uh, uh, I don't know. You guys can follow me not using Skype after this and on (laughs) Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, My other podcast is Grassley Okay. Um, we, I don't know. We have stuff coming up. Also, my website aggressivelyokay.com. Uh, I'm doing a bunch of screenings this week, so I'll have reviews up. Like I'm seeing Lightyear and uh, Elvis, unfortunately. Uh, and oh, uh, I'm, I'm 
both dreading and looking forward to that movie. Oh, it looks awful. I can't. I I can wait. I'm gonna I don't want to see it. I think. I just. I. I think. Oh, yeah, we you, covered it. You famously in Zillennial canon history hated Moulin Rouge. I forgot. I hated Moulin Rouge, and not only do I hate <laughs> Moulin Rouge, and this is also where the Romeo and Juliet discourse happened. You also fucking, hate Shakespeare. I don't hate Shakespeare. I just think he's like <laughs> overrated, and I think um, I think there are much better uh, people that we should draw inspiration from, and I think uh, in particular Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet is fucking unbearable. Uh, but that being said, I do like The Great Gatsby, weirdly enough. Um, so yeah. who knows? That's Maybe I'll like this. Oh. Mm, what i have an idea what Let's oh just... oh well is no it's uh, that's 2013 i mean i don't mind like bending the rules but it I is mean, we were still in high school that soundtrack defined <laughs> defined a few years there of our late teenagehood well um if we come back next week in the great gatsby as our episode um there's like a marvel movie post credit scene like, <laughs> it really like, is she's, like, if you up. made it to the end of this episode you get a treat <laughs> Oh, and a God. treat is okay. uh, information before the people that shut it off halfway uh, through. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, all right, I guess, is that what we're doing next week? Or do you want to we'll do talk. that? We'll discuss, we'll discuss. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, where can everyone find you online? Uh, you can find me at Garlic Emoji. Um, not to be confused with Glass Onion, the newly um, oh, I'm shitting myself. title of Knives Out 2. You can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, uh, on Instagram at The Zillennial Canon. Um, Rate and review us, um, send us some voicemails, and uh, go see Elvis in theaters (laughs) next week. God, kill me. I hate it. I already hate it. (laughs) And uh, don't see Jurassic World Dominion. Or do. Um, if you do go, make sure you get a good popcorn. Um, oh yeah, sure I was like you... munching the entire movie. I didn't because of COVID, but um, shout out to the lady that sat next to me that just drank four Diet Cokes throughout the whole movie. Uh, that that was movie me. was for her. <laughs> shout out to her. Yeah. Um, one time I saw me and my friend, uh, we went to a, uh, the Dollar Theater to see a Nicolas Cage Christian movie. Mm-hmm. called left behind like years ago oh jesus and, christ not those um yeah we were very high when we saw yeah. it and um not this isn't a long story yeah. i promise I've, but uh this i've late... seen those books lined up on a bookshelf in my home well the lady sitting next to me she had a i remember in her purse she just kept pulling out hot dogs and <laughs> um and i'm not kidding like there was like at least 10 of them and i was like at a certain point, I was like, how many fucking hot dogs do you have? Uh, I lost count after a certain amount, but the whole movie, just like, she'd finish a hot dog, maybe sit two minutes, but then every time she would zip her purse back up, and then she'd unzip it. And then every time she unzipped it, I, like, I, like, looked at my friend, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, again? Like, how many hot dogs? <laughs> I think she's a queen. <laughs> um, she is a queen, in retrospect. <laughs> Um, she was a hero, I just couldn't see it. Uh, I... <laughs> Alright, bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs>